0: Keep your ride or die alive at eBayMotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: Um, I guess we'll see how they handle this rotation. It looks like Buck wanted to go six man, give everybody an extra day or two, uh, and then we'll see how Max Scherzer is. But luckily, it seems like he's okay. And whether he makes his next start against, I guess it would be the Pirate Series or the Marlins Series, one of the one of the games. Um, hopefully. It's nothing extended, and this rotation continues to be healthy because as much as we fret about the offense and fret about the bullpen, this rotation is why the Mets have a chance to win a World Series. It's the reason that other teams may fear the New York Mets, the idea of staring at Jacob deGrom and Max Scherzer and Chris Bassett in a short series. A couple of things. The double play from Sunday's game. For those who missed it, this just drove me freaking nuts. So the Mets are down seven to one, and I'm sure a lot of people listening may have shut the game off. I'm done. It's a Sunday afternoon. I'm gonna go get drunk. I'm gonna go hang out with my family. I don't want to watch this. The Mets are down seven to one. It's either the seventh or eighth inning. Let me pull out my scorecard because I was still scoring it. Ah, <laughs> uh, I think it was the seventh inning. Hold on one sec. Yeah, seventh inning. They're down seven to one. They get the first two guys on base. Jeff McNeil single. Mark Canna single. And, you know, this is part of me thinking, hey, why not? We've seen this team come back. We saw them come back against the Phillies numerous times. We've seen that great comeback against the Giants, even though they didn't win that game. You're facing the Nationals. at 7-1. The game's not over. They have first and second, nobody out. And Eduardo Escobar hits a fly ball to left field. The left fielder, Cesar Hernandez, who's not a left fielder, drops the ball, okay? As that ball hits his glove, my brain is already working. Holy crap, we're going to do this. Wow. Bases loaded. Nobody out. Down by six. Here we go. We're going to do this. As he drops the baseball, you see him pick it up quickly and throw to third base. There's nobody even going towards third. Jeff McNeil is supposed to be the guy going to third base. He's not running. He stopped. He's confused. The third baseman Vargas tags McNeil, and then Marcana's confused and tags Marcana. Now, I'm thinking, what the F just happened? So clearly the umpire never made a definitive signal on if it was a catch or not, in which it was clearly a catch. There was no transfer. He dropped the freaking ball. And when I talked earlier about dumb baseball and sloppy baseball, and I mentioned Jeff McNeil not turning the double play, or the Tomas Nito pickoff attempt, or McNeil blowing the rundown on Saturday night, Jeff's had a great defensive season. He did not have a great defensive weekend. The other thing that was ugly was this. Like, I get it. A drop pop-up in left field is strange. It's weird. You're not used to it. But the mass confusion on the base paths between McNeil being like, I don't know what to do, and Canna being like, I don't know what to do, and the umpires who really created the whole problem because they've got to signal loudly, it's an out, it's an out, no transfer, even though I don't know how anyone could think it was a transfer, and it turns into a double play. (laughs) I mean, Jesus that's what, that's, believe it or not, I don't shut games off. That's when I said, I'm done. I'm out of here. All right. I spent way too much time on my Sunday afternoon watching this because now I, now I know, no, this game is over. But I was mad at the base running. I was mad at McNeil. I was mad at Canna, but I also thought as an umpire and too many umpires do this. They're not definitive in what they're calling. Cause if you're on the base paths, you want the umpire, who's out there in left field, to clearly signal it's it's dropped. You know, the safe sign, if you will. Now, again, my rip of McNeil is, Jeff, what are you looking at? The ball was clearly dropped. <laughs> What's happening? And Buck goes out there. And Buck, yeah, I don't even know what Buck said. I mean, Buck's just conversing with the umpire. Like, yeah, gee golly, this sucks. But I thought that play was very emblematic. How about that word? very emblematic of what was just a bad weekend, a bad baseball weekend that hopefully turns around with a series against the Pirates. The good news is Tyler McGill had another rehab game. He looked good out of the bullpen. Bring him up. Bring him up. The Met bullpen, and I know Adovino had a bad night the other night, but specifically Givens and Lugo have actually looked halfway respectable recently. Not that you'll ever fully trust them, but they've looked both of those guys, halfway decent. So Tyler and McGill coming back could add a little wrinkle to this bullpen. But it comes down to this. The old campaign slogan from Paul Begala and James Carville with Bill Clinton in 1992. It's the economy stupid. That was their big line. That's the issue of our day. It's the economy stupid. And with the help of that tagline, but really Ross Perot running, uh, even though they only got like 42% of the vote, Bill Clinton became president. Now, you may think that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm not going to get into that right now. But I will tell you this. That slogan was brilliant political marketing. It's the economy, stupid. The reason I bring that up, it's the offense, stupid. That is why we are fretting. And the Braves. It's the offense. They got to score freaking runs. They're about to play the Pittsburgh Pirates. Pound them. Mitch Keller's on the mound on Labor Day. Pound him! Pound the entire Pirate team! I don't want to hear about O'Neill Cruz and how hard he throws. Beat the Pirates. And because they lost two out of three to the Nationals, I raise the bar and say on this six-game road trip, win five out of six. Sweep either the Pirates or the Marlins. You can lose one game. Now, do I think that's going to happen? I have no idea. But win five out of six. Any other thoughts off
2: uh, the only thing I would say is this is that it's amazing that the playoffs comes down to pitching, but the regular season really does come down to offense. That's really what it comes down to because pitching will always play in the playoffs regular season is all about offense but the concern too like you've mentioned, the defense this weekend was so shitty it was so bad it was disgusting and and I can't have that happen and and this is where we go back to you're playing the you're playing. A Pittsburgh Pirate team, last time we played them, if I'm correct, Tylen Walker crapped the bed. And it concerns <laughs> me. It concerns me. Well, I, I have flashbacks of that.
1: Well, in fairness, to your point, the last time the New York Mets played the Pittsburgh Pirates, their season, which looked good at the time, completely went haywire in 2021. Because I think if you ask me right now what game, or what moment turned the 2021 Mets? Maybe you didn't know it at the time, but it turned them. It was actually the last game before the All-Star break when Edwin Diaz blew the game to the Pirates on a Sunday afternoon at Citi Field. So when I think of the Pirates, you're right, because they haven't played them this season. They're about to play them the seven times this season. They're about to do it in the next week and a half. I do think back to some weird moments in 2021. They broke Taiwan Walker, even though the Mets actually came back in that game, believe it or not. They were down, wasn't it like 6-0, 7-0 in the first inning? They came all the way back. Uh, They broke Taiwan Walker, and they broke the Mets season when they made that comeback on that Sunday uh, at Citi Field. So hopefully 2022 is a lot different. (laughs) That's for sure. But we'll give you uh, another Rico Brogna after the series ends on Wednesday night. Then we get an off day where we can all watch football with the NFL season starting. And then, oh my God, I'm thinking about all these Sundays with Pennant Race Baseball, the New York Jets, the New York Giants. You got the Mets in a pennant race. I guess the Yankees are sort of in a pennant race in the American League East, which we'll discuss a lot more on Carton and Roberts when we return on Tuesday. But uh, it is an incredible time of year if you're a sports fan. It's also an incredible time of year if you're a dad or mom, because you're really excited to send your kids back to school. I love my kids, but I am so excited that on the Tuesday after Labor Day, I get to drop... Jet off at the bus. My youngest son, we're taking to his first school. I guess they give you two weeks where you separate from them. I don't know if you've done this. Like, you bring the kid to school. So, I'm bringing my youngest Spence to school. You spend a half hour there, then you go home. And you do that for a few days. Then you spend an hour with them and you go home. Then you leave, but you don't leave. You're watching them, but they can't see you for another week. And then hopefully the process is done and they're in school. So. I love this time of year, Hoff. I've always loved September. I love even more now.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing
1: the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Well, I just was talking about this, by the way. It's like you prayed with during the school season. Like, I cannot wait for the summer to get here. Summer came and went, thank God, because it was, so, it was very quick. But it's like, I can't wait for this the, the, the fall to get here because the summer took so long. The kids have nothing to do. They go to camp but still they're freaking annoying. I love them. I went on vacation with them but it is time to separate and get back to reality. So yes September is here. School started. Let's go.
1: It's funny. I always when I was in school, when I was in high school when I was in middle school, I always loved the fall for the same reasons or some of the same reasons I love it now. I love the weather. Happen to be a bigger fan of autumn than I am the summer. I'll, I'll, by, by the
2: way, by the way, hold stop you right there. The best weather of all time. Full.
1: No questions asked. 100%. Completely agree with you. Love it. Give me that chill in the air. I love it. I also, look, I'll admit this. I love the changing of the leaves. I think it's beautiful. I think it's just a beautiful time of year. I love the foliage. I'll admit it. Now, as the sports geek that I am, I think it's the best time of year as a sports fan. I really do. You've got baseball pennant races. You have MLB postseason. You have the start of the NFL season. You have the start of college football. You get even, if your brain wants to go this far, think about training camp in the NHL and training camp in the NBA. You have like the unicorn of everything beginning. Now you throw in the school aspect with the kids and you've taken the fall and you've put it over the top. And I admit this. Because I've gotten some crap about this over the last few weeks. I've gotten a few tweets and DMs complaining about our vacations. You know, oh, you're off and this and that. I miss doing the show five days a week. I admit that. I'm glad I had the vacation. I'm glad I spent time with my family. I enjoyed every second of it. But I do miss that grind of every day being at work and going on the radio for four and a half hours. So I'm damn excited about that because we don't take an off date on Thanksgiving. None of us do. So I'm pumped about that. I'm pumped for the fall. And look, Med fans, as stressful as this is going to be, this is a pennant race. And I've been saying this for months. We are in a pennant race. And the thing about pennant races, there are roller coasters, there are ups, there are downs. And I hate to stand by something I've said throughout the year. And that is, there is going to be a day we wake up and we're not in first place. Now we're getting close to that day because the lead's up to just a game. I do really feel that the back-and-forth nature of this pennant race is going to feature that. The Dodger-Giant race didn't feature a lot of it, but I think the Dodgers were in first place as late as the first week of September. And then the Giants kind of maintained that one-two-three-game lead the rest of the way. Now, I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's wire-to-wire. But, boy, I'll tell you, that wire's getting short. Only one game up on the Braves in the NL East. Anyhow, thank you for listening to Rico Bronia. We'll be back with another podcast right after the series ends against the Pirates on Wednesday night. Give us any feedback at Evan Roberts WFAN. And what's your what are you, Hoffman WFAN, Pete? Is that your Twitter account? Uh, No, it's at the
2: Hoff WFAN. I can't believe after all this time. After all these 31 episodes, still can't remember, at the Hoff WFAN.
1: Oh, and by the way, to Pete Hoffman, I want to congratulate Pete. Pete Hoffman has officially made the postseason in our fantasy baseball league, uh, and if I'm not mistaken, he is lined up. If he can get out of his first round matchup to face me in the second round of the playoffs, uh,
2: I didn't know that. I, I think I'm playing DOS the first round, if I'm correct, which I feel like it's an easy, easy uh, match. But I so we're we're going second round. Is that the, is that the is that what's going yeah, on? Yes. So and there's
1: a lot of pressure on me because I have completed. And I looked this up for anyone that cares and nobody does care, but it's the end of the podcast nobody. Get over it. <laughs> I completed it. Our, our fantasy league has been around for 18 years. Now in Pete's case, he's been in the league for nine years. So you haven't been there the mm-hmm. entire time, but in the 18 year history of the fantasy league, I finished with the highest winning percentage in the history of this league. So I've completed this dominant regular season, but there's a problem. The problem is Tony Gonzalez is on my team. Justin Verlander's on my team. Nick Castellanos is on my team. Max Scherzer's on my team. I mean, I have been bombarded. And that's not an excuse, by the way. But I have been bombarded with injuries at the worst possible time. But if we do meet in the postseason, I fully accept that all of the pressure is on me. (laughs) I fully understand that. And I embrace it. And hopefully I will fulfill and win despite that.
2: If I get there, if I beat Hadassi, which I should because he sucks, uh, if, I, if I can't believe he's been – is this the first time Hadassi's ever been in the playoffs, by the way, in your league?
1: Well, first of all, you're talking slanderous about the great Mike Hadassi. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Mike was in our league and actually had the longest playoff crowd of anybody. <laughs> he missed the playoffs six straight seasons, I think seven straight seasons. But last year made the playoffs. So oh, he is now on the okay. two-year run, Okay. So give him give him a little bit of credit man. The guys made the playoffs in back-to-back years.
2: He has Aaron Judge, who by the way, he we almost made a swap early this season because my stepson, JD, offered Bryce Harper, who he has a man crutch on, offered Bryce Harper for Aaron Judge and he came back to me and said, "Listen, it's a good deal, but I don't think I could do it because of his value, his keeper value. So, was almost looking to make that trade. Wow. Thank you to my my stepson for almost making that happen.
1: Wow. Die Diehard fan, Pete Hoffman, almost traded for Aaron Judge. That's your headline. <laughs> uh,
0: uh. We'll,
1: we'll keep everybody posted on how this goes in fantasy, but don't worry. We'll save it to the end of the Rico Bronia, where you can literally just shut the podcast off and not listen. You have nothing <laughs> to uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. I'll be back Tuesday with Craig, 2 o'clock on the fan. Thank you for listening to Rico Bronya.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronya podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times.